This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. I can't believe I'm saying this. This episode is brought to you by Lola V, an award-winning hair care line by the one and only Jennifer Aniston. Why did Jennifer Aniston start a hair care company? Because she was tired of choosing between hair products that work and hair products that are actually good for us. But thanks to Lola V, we never have to choose again. No silicones, no sulfates, parabens, or gluten. And of course, it's cruelty-free and vegan. The Glossing Detangler and Perfect Conditioner are my personal favorites. Not only do they repair the look of damaged hair, but they also shield it from future harm. The first step to unlocking confidence in your dating life and your daily life is feeling confident about your hair. So unlock Jennifer Aniston approved hair at lolav.com. And as listeners of Seeing Other People, you're getting an exclusive 15% off off of your entire order when you use code Seeing Other People at checkout. That's 15% off your entire order at lolavie.com with promo code Seeing Other People. Please note you can only use one promo code per order and discounts can't be combined. After your purchase, they will ask you where you heard about them. Please, please, please support Seeing Other People and let them know that I sent you. You guys are in for a treat because support for today's episode comes from the best of the best, Jenny Kane. And yes, there is a discount, so keep on listening. You know that feeling when you get a new sweater and it instantly becomes basically another layer of your skin? Like you wear it everywhere for everything all the time. Okay, well, Jenny Kane has become my literal uniform. And if you don't know Jenny Kane, I'm pretty much about to change your life because Jenny Kane's clothes did that to mine. Jenny Kane is a California brand with luxurious staples that will transform your closet. Think minimalist and effortless, but totally refined. They have the coziest cashmere sweaters and iconic accessories that will elevate your everyday basics. I don't know if I wear my cashmere fisherman hoodie or my cropped cashmere cocoon cardigan more. All I know is that I cannot live without either of them. Whether it's a cozy night in with the girls, a dinner date with Jake, or catching a flight to Florida to see my parents, these sweaters are perfect for every single occasion. And I couldn't be happier when I'm wearing them because I'm so comfy. And you guys know me. I always choose comfort over how something looks. But with Jenny Kane, I don't have to choose because I get comfort and I get style. All right. So we have the discount code coming for you. Find your new uniform at JennyKane.com. Seeing other people listeners get 15% off their first order when you use code SOP at checkout. That's 15% off your first order at J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com. Promo code SOP, S-O-P. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. Hey guys, it's Alana and welcome back to another episode of Seeing Other People. Together, we're navigating modern dating alongside experts and real-life daters who are sharing their stories. Don't have a date for tonight? No problem. Come learn, laugh, and maybe even cry along with us as we navigate the dating scene together. Oh my God, you guys, I could not be more excited to welcome today's guest onto Seeing Other People. Today's guest is so many things. He is a journalist, a writer, an actor, a former contestant on The Bachelorette, an aspiring game show host, and so much more. Garen Flowers, welcome to Seeing Other People. Thank you. Thank you. I'm a big fan of your podcast, your Instagram. So like being on this is super cool. Thanks for having me. Oh, thank you. And thank you for, I feel like for so long, you've commented such thought provoking things on so many posts on the seeing other people Instagram. And like, you've had conversations with the listeners on those posts. And I just really appreciate all of your insight and your opinions. And I am so excited for this conversation. There's so many directions I want to go in. And I feel like just everything that we're going to talk about is going to really have a lot of value. So excited to have you here. Yeah, let's get into it. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> okay, so let's start with what's currently going on in your dating life. I am open. My DMs are open. <laughs> okay, hint, hint, you guys. 
Yeah, yeah. You know, last year I was dating someone pretty seriously. It didn't work out, unfortunately. So, you know, I, I took a little bit of time to to kind of heal and, and get through that. So now I'm open and and uh, just want to see see what's out there. Can I ask why it didn't work out? There was a lack of chemistry. So, you know, you have compatibility and you have your chemistry where things aligned well on paper. You know, we were very compatible, but the chemistry wasn't very strong. So I, I initiated the, the breakup uh, because this, you know, I, I think you have to know yourself. And I just knew that we, there could be a stronger connection for both of us. Yeah, that's a really good point. And I think sometimes it's it's hard to be the person that does the breakup. I think a lot of people, when they get broken up with, they're like, oh, screw them. They're not hurting. Like, they're happy to be done with me. Like, no, sometimes it can be really hard to initiate the breakup when there are other great things about the relationship. Exactly. Exactly. Like, it is not an easy thing at all because I really genuinely enjoyed her. And what I wanted her to know through, through the breakup was like, there's a better person for you as well. This is not just me thinking this is a selfish thing. I think you can find someone who's also stronger for you as well. Yeah. And I think that's so important for everyone to remember when going through a breakup. It doesn't mean that you're not good enough for this person. It means that there's someone out there that's better for both of you. And that's okay. And that's a great thing that you're now opening up to the opportunity to go find that person. Exactly. Exactly. How long would you suggest that somebody gives it for that chemistry to build? I do get a lot of questions about this when I do like weekly AMAs on Instagram of like, okay, we're three dates in, but like, I feel like X factor is missing or we're five dates in, but I don't know if the chemistry is there or I don't know that I'm attracted to them sexually by the fourth or sixth date. Like how long would you suggest somebody rides that out to explore that and see if it can build? That's a really great question. You know, I, I actually hired a dating coach in October of 2022. And one of the big things she told me was like, nothing below the belt for two months. <laughs> and I said, two, two months, months. is a long time. It's a long time. So I'm like, I'm like, okay, after a month, you're, you're in good territory because you really got a chance to know each other outside of the physical but so i think at least a month i think you know and and also i've also realized recently that it also depends on the 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 rate that you hang out you can hang out with someone four times in one week and that's the same as someone who hung out with someone four times in a month so if you've hung out with someone six times in a month and you're not feeling it then you should feel a lot more comfortable as far as like, okay, maybe it's not the right connection. If you've only hung out with someone three times and it's been a month, you know, for the connection, well, maybe give it another month. And if you're only going to hang out three times in a month. Yeah. I think that's a really good point that a lot of people don't consider that everything moves at a different pace. And yeah, if you've, like you said, like six dates in one month, that's a lot of time together and a lot of time to think also on your own and to reflect and to kind of make those decisions versus three dates in a week, that's a sprint. And you can't really think with a clear head because you're so caught up in it. Not to say that's a bad thing, but that's a lot at once and you need that time to digest. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Do you still follow this two month rule? <laughs> so I, I don't follow the two month rule. For me, it's like at least a month and some change. And that's okay. really and that's way better than what it was before because 
I've noticed that after I've gotten to know someone for a month and then after that, however long it takes, I do feel more connected. And so, you know, when you are physical, it's like, regardless of of how good it is or whatever, because sometimes you need time to figure, figure out each other's bodies, you're still going to have that that compassion and care for that person outside of if you do it and you know within a week or two of meeting someone you don't have that same compassion like oh well let's figure it out how to how to be better for each other totally when you try and wait a bit, little bit longer are you communicating that to them that you like to wait a month or want to get to know them better and develop your emotional connection first because i have some friends who when they've gotten to like let's say date 4 or 5 or 6 with a guy and there hasn't been any form of like sexual exploration or they haven't had sex yet. The girl's like, why won't he, why does he not want to have sex with me? So I'm curious if you communicate that or if you're like, Oh, like let's take it slow. How does that unfold? I'm so glad you asked that question because I actually have uh, some close friends that are women and they've brought up that same thing to me. Like they feel kind of like, is he into me? He's not, you know, because women are used to guys, you know, trying to be physical or sleep with them pretty early on. And I, I, I like a little bit of mystery. So like, I don't want you to know at first. I want it to be like, oh, you're trying to figure it out. But it is healthy to communicate that after a while, you know, you've stayed the night for the first time or you, you know, you're getting to that point where you're having passionate makeouts or whatever. I do think it's important to be like, hey, look, I'm really into you, but I just want to take a little bit more time because and then say why, because I know myself. And, and in the past, when I rushed into something, it I, I didn't want to continue that connection or I've noticed that my connections with someone I really care about are stronger when I take my time. You know, a good friend of mine. Um, he, he's, he now just celebrated his one year anniversary with his girlfriend. They live together and everything now. And that's something that he did in the beginning. He told her like, Hey, look, I really want to take it slow because I know how I am in the beginning and I really like you and want to take it seriously. And now they just celebrated it one year. So. Wow. I love that. And I think that's so important too, to like really know yourself. And I think it doesn't matter if for you, the right thing is to do it on the second date or do it on the 12th. Like it doesn't matter. But if you know that sleeping with someone too early has let things die out quickly where you thought, oh, maybe if I didn't sleep with them yet, we could have explored this more and something could have developed. Like if you've had that experience, then it is a good idea to try something different rather than continuing to do the same thing and having that same result and questioning, is this the reason why everything's ending? Yeah, exactly. Exactly the way you put it. It's 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 nice to take that time, and if you're going to do that, eventually communicate it um, and and say that like, look, I am definitely into you. Um, for, you know, because I, I think that's important for women to hear. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, when it comes to communicate, when it comes to communication, which is probably the word I say the most on this podcast, so the fact that I <laughs> botched it is interesting. But when it comes to communication. I want to talk about communication in the early stages because I think a lot of people can, no matter how many first dates they go on, they can get very intimidated by how to like best approach a first date, conversations to have, conversations not to have. So just going to take a guess here. You've been on a handful of first dates in your life. <laughs> what have you learned in terms of what works for you and 
what you find attractive on a first date? I like when a woman goes into a first date open, just just very open and ready to have those honest conversations about who she is and where she comes from. But to a point to where it's not like telling me about your exes and the last guys you hooked up with and you know how much you hate your parents or something like that. Like none of those things. I think it's important to be open about values. Like do, is marriage something that you want? You know, are kids something that you want? Uh, you know, re- what's your religion? What is your faith? What are you, what are your, uh, you know, what are some of your values and beliefs? Because I like to get those things out of the way because there's no point for us to build this connection. If we have a deal breaker that would separate us, you know, a month from now, two months from now, three months from now, when we're really into each other. So I like when a woman is open to having those, those uh, deep conversations that are, are morals and beliefs and values, but not like talking about things that are too personal. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. When I first started seeing other people, some of my closest friends and family could not believe it. Not because they didn't think I was capable of being a podcast host, but because I usually can't get through a sentence without sniffling. And during allergy season, forget about it. My seasonal allergies are debilitating, and my sinus congestion and pressure has always left me feeling so sick. But luckily, for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Claritin D has truly transformed my life. Not only can I breathe better and sleep better since taking Claritin D, but I also can get through the day so much smoother. I used to have to cancel plans because of how bad my allergies were. I'd go through a tissue box a week, sometimes more, and my eyes were always watery. But Claritin D's fast symptom relief starts working on allergies with nasal congestion in as little as 30 minutes, and it tackles nasal congestion caused by allergies or a cold and also relieves sinus congestion and pressure due to allergies. It's truly the greatest thing I've ever come across and I am so grateful that I found it and started using it. Are you ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Brave the uncomfortable. Those are the words engraved on my bracelet that have gotten me through some of the most anxiety-inducing moments over the last few years. And that's why I could not be more excited to encourage you all to get a Presently bracelet of your own with a phrase that resonates with you. Presently is a line of mindfulness bracelets engraved with words inspired by cognitive behavioral therapy. The brand was started by two sisters, Lindsay and Emily, who have obsessive compulsive disorder, aka OCD, and anxiety. They realized that when stuck in an anxiety spiral, it's hard to put into practice the tools that they learned in therapy sessions. They looked and looked for bracelets that could serve as reminders to interrupt that spiral, but they couldn't find anything besides the cheesy good vibes only and no bad days types of messaging. 
They started Presently to bring more authenticity to self-help anxiety management. And as someone who has had a Presently bracelet for three years, I mean it when I say it really makes a difference. So whether you need encouragement to make it onto that date that you've been anxious about, a calming mantra to get you through a big day at work, or simply a reminder that you're not alone, Presently has your back. Their bracelets are so beautiful and elevated, and they also make amazing gifts. And I know because I have gifted a few over the years, and my friends were so excited to get one and have worn them ever since. There are six phrases to choose from. And if you're indecisive, there's a quiz that you can take to help you choose the perfect reminder for your anxiety. Plus, 5% of each bracelet is donated to your choice of four mental health nonprofits. I wholeheartedly love and support Presently, and I know that your Presently bracelet will bring you as much comfort as mine has brought me. So head to presentlybracelets.com. That's P-R-E-S-E-N-T-L-Y bracelets.com for 10% off your order using code seeing other people. I I couldn't agree more. I'm so glad you said that. I think it's so important to have those conversations early, as early as you can because what's the point of continuing this if you're on completely different pages? You're only setting yourselves up to get hurt. But exactly. those conversations, while they are rather simple and you both know the answers to them in your head, they can be really scary to bring up. So have mm-hmm. you found any organic ways to have these conversations on the first date about what you're looking for, about your values and if you want kids and marriage and all these things, rather than it seeming like this really heavy, scary thing to talk about. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I'm blessed in the fact that I am a journalist by trade. So asking questions, interviewing and stuff like that are things that I'm really good at. And you don't want a date to be an interview. So I've learned to to have conversations and to let things flow. So like, it's it's like you, you have something in the back of your head that you wanna know. And then when there's an opportunity for it to come in, that's when you bring it up. For instance, you're, you're on a walking date or you're at a restaurant and a kid walks by and a kid does something funny or cute. You're like, oh, that was, that was so cute. You know, is, is kids something that you want? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'm super, I'm not going to lie. I'm super smooth with it, with like letting it flow and, and um, sort of be natural in that way. And then there's times where the conversation is just going and, and you're just having those honest conversations and it's okay to be like, so, you know, I'm not necessarily, you know, growing up, I, I was religious, so, you know, I went, I went to Catholic school, all these other things. Now I'm not as, uh, I don't, I'm not as religious or whatever. What are your thoughts on it? You know, so it doesn't always have to be as smooth as that as something like walking in front of you, but, you know, it doesn't have to be jarring. Like you were talking about your favorite restaurant and then now you're talking about your belief in God, you know, right. or your religion. So you know, there's, there's ways you can kind of um, have it in the back of your head and figure out how to fit it in. Totally. It doesn't have to be like, oh, should we order the pasta or the chicken parm? Also, how are we going to navigate splitting holidays with our families? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I will say I'm proud of myself there because I did have on my list of things to talk about with you was what, what how, how being a journalist, like has that impacted how you can go deeper on a date, but I didn't have to ask that. I found a different way to get there. There you go. Look at me. I like that. That's smooth. (laughs) Proud of myself. Not dating, but practicing dating skills, you guys. (laughs) Okay. Stay sharp, right? (laughs) Yeah. Do you think, are are you in the camp that like you can, in the first five minutes of a date, you know, if you're going to want a second date or not, or do you think it takes longer? 
Oh, oh, that's such a good question. You're just, you're just full of them. I try. I think I think five minutes is a bit soon because I've had situations where I showed up and I was like, oh, I don't know if this person is necessarily my type right away. And then the conversation was just like, we just had the best time. And then there's been times where the date wasn't great. And then it just took a curve and just ended up being amazing. So I think five minutes would be a bit harsh to say, I know that I don't want a second date because I've had several situations where it just, it just was like so much fun. And then there's been other times where I showed up and I was like, oh my gosh, this, I feel a spark right away. And then, you know, she talked my head off the whole day and I was like, I don't, I don't think I could go out with her again. <laughs> totally. That's you know? a good point. Yeah. I think a lot of people get, it's, it's tough because some people get really nervous and when they get nervous, they talk, but yeah. we always want to be careful to not to like listen more than we talk, ask questions and get to know them. I think I remember there was this one date when I was definitely like not in a good place, but I went on a date with this guy and I thought he was so cute. And I was like, Oh my God, I'm so excited about him. And I left thinking like, that was an amazing first date. Like there's no way I'm never going to see him again. Like he's absolutely going to text me. Never heard from him again. In hindsight, I talked the entire time. I don't uh -huh. think I learned a single thing about him. I just kept talking and me continuing to talk for some reason. I left thinking like, oh yeah, I crushed that date. Like I was so yeah. cool. Like, <laughs> no, that's not the purpose of a date. Uh, and and you, you raise a great point. And I also have realized that too, that sometimes nerves cut in and you know, that, that causes someone to sort of talk throughout the whole time. And so it's not a total, you know, deal breaker for me if someone sort of is, is um, talking throughout the whole date, especially, and especially there have been women who have said like, oh my God, I can't believe I was talking this whole date. Like there's so much more I wanted to know about you. I'm so sorry. Especially when it's like acknowledged. I'm like, oh, it's, it's all good. And it's like, not like a deal breaker. Yeah. Like sometimes we word vomit, but if we can acknowledge that and say that it's okay. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's social awareness. Yeah, it's awareness. Yes. It's knowledge. If the date doesn't end with a kiss, does that ever make you nervous that, oh, maybe there won't be a second date? Or do you kind of put that on yourself as the guy is like, oh, like I didn't make that move. I didn't find that opportunity to make that move. Because I do hear often that girls will be like, the date was great, but he didn't try to kiss me. Does that mean it's doomed? No, not at all. Not at all. I, I love a first date kiss. I'm all about it. I'm all about it. And I, I think I'm a, I'm a very physical person. So I, I do like a first date kiss. But if but I have actually changed a little bit to where I won't I won't go for a first date kiss anymore unless it's like completely just like obvious like you like it was, it was like just stupid not to but I've started trying not to because I've noticed that there's more tension that builds when you mm. don't have that kiss on the first date you're like waiting to see that person again and you're waiting for that moment so I've actually made it a point to try not to so that you know it, it builds a little bit more of that tension to get that that first kiss and it's a little bit more like you both worked for it yeah i like that and and it means more when you know each other more yeah exactly there's, there's more excitement there's more emotion behind it it's something that you've wanted and thought about i i agree i think 
it's definitely not a bad thing if there's no kiss on the first date. Exactly. It's, it's all about the follow-up. If a guy's following up with you, that's what matters most versus uh, not getting a, a kiss. Definitely. Okay. I want to talk about your time on The Bachelorette. Not necessarily what happened while you were on the show, but what you learned from the experience. I know, you know, vulnerability is incredibly important when it comes to dating. And to go on a show like that, you have to kind of set yourself up to be really vulnerable. So I'd, I'm curious what you learned about vulnerability or about dating or about love from being on The Bachelorette. I've learned so much. I, I was a, I, I've, I'm completely different because of that experience. Because when you watch the show, you see how romantic it is. You know, I wasn't romantic like that before being on the show. I didn't really think about, you know, flowers and doing nice things and uh, all of that. So when when you go on a show like that, you learn to be intentional. Because I gave up, you know, work talking to my family and friends because you give up your cell phone and it was during the pandemic. So I didn't know if someone in my family would get sick, what would happen. You know, you give up a lot to go to go pursue this experience. And so there was I was like, this is such a huge thing for me to pursue love in this way. Like, that's crazy that I'm giving up my life to pursue love. And so now before a date, I'll sit there and I'll think about why am I going out with this person? What does it mean to me to to be able to spend this time with them and for them to make time for me as well? This is like a celebration. So I've done, I, 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 like, I'm, I'm like not a brag a braggadocious guy, I promise you, but like there's things that I've done since being on the show that I, like a lot of women have complimented where like, I'll think of a toast, something that small. I'll think of a toast that's just for us because of a conversation we had or something. And I'll say, we'll toast to our first date and the fact that we connect with this, that, and the other. And those 10, 15 seconds right there, the woman's like, oh my God, like that was so cool. You know, little small things like that. And then there was a girl I went on a date with where we had this funny joke that I was like applying to be her, you know, boyfriend or whatever, or like her, her boo. And so on the first day we met in person. And then, so on the first date, I like wrote up like a small cover letter, like why I should, why I should be considered to be her, her boo. And like, it was just such a cool thing. She was like, Oh my God, I'm going to keep this. And so little things like that made me think about how can I make this a fun experience um, through going out with this person? Because it's a big deal. Raise your hand if you have dating anxiety. All right, all right. I know that everyone has their hands up. And I get it. I had debilitating anxiety when I was single. And even when I first started dating Jake, I kept waiting for the other shoe to drop. And I know that is not a good way to feel and that is not a fun way to date. And I get it. It can be hard to find an anxiety relief tactic that works for you. That's why I'm so excited to introduce you to a new one that has helped me dramatically with my wedding and work stress and anxiety over the last few months. And trust me, there's been a lot of it. Sunset Lake CBD is an amazing company that not only has helped me feel so much better, but they also have a really cool history 
history and mission. Sunset Lake CBD is a majority employee-owned hemp farm located right outside of Burlington, Vermont. As farmers, they believe in providing only top-shelf CBD and hemp products at fair prices. So they cut out the middlemen and they ship their CBD straight from their farm to your door, which means that their CBD is affordable and trusted because CBD and anxiety relief can help everyone and they want it to be accessible to anyone. Trust me when I say that when I'm stressed or anxious, my sleep is the first thing to go. But despite everything I have going on right now, I've been taking a sleep gummy before bed and my sleep scores on my aura ring have been through the roof. Plus, I'm finding myself relaxing more at night and being able to turn off my work brain and my anxiety with the help of their CBD gummy bears and reishi infused chews. Whether you want to sleep better, relax better, focus better, recover better, or anything in between, Sunset Lake CBD has something for everyone. So check them out today at sunsetlakecbd.com and use code SOP for 20% off your order. That's code SOP for 20% off farmer-owned, Vermont-grown Sunset Lake CBD. Do you feel like you're at a crossroads in your love life? Maybe you're in the thick of modern dating or you're wondering if the person you're with is your person. Whatever your situation, I have the perfect podcast for you. It's called Dateable, your insider's look into modern dating, hosted by Julie Krafchick and Yue Shu. They talk about it all, from why you're choosing the wrong partner and how to stop, to how to actually go from matching on the app to getting on a date, to securing your anxious attachment and everything in between. Julie and Yue have been on Seeing Other People, and I've been a guest on their podcast too, so if you're looking for a great starting point, check out my episode of Dateable, season 15, episode 10, Is It Chemistry or Anxiety? Guys, this podcast is incredibly relatable, insightful, and oftentimes hilarious. Wherever you start, Dateable will help you feel inspired to date differently and create a love life that works for you. You can subscribe and listen to episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts every Wednesday and Sunday. So check out Dateable and thank me later. I am obsessed with all of that. I think that is so special. I think that's it's unique to you because of your experience, like thinking of the toast and stuff like that. I wish it was not unique. Like I wish more people could approach dating in that way of how can I make this fun? How can I make this special? We did just connect. This is a special thing. Let's celebrate that. I think that is so cool. And that's such a great way to A, make dating fun, B, focus on the positives in dating and recognize that anytime you meet somebody is an opportunity. You never know where it's going to go. And you should you know, look at it as though it's something special and not just like I have to go on another date. So I think that's so cool. And a quick little aside, your season and in a way you are actually a part of mine and my fiance's very early love story because we on our first date connected about how we both watched The Bachelor. it, It was that season that was out your season. And we our first date was on a Monday night. And we realized like, wow, look at, look at us. Like we really pulled out all the stops. Like we're missing, we're both missing the bachelor, the bachelorette right now to be on this date. And so we kept connecting about it. And on our fourth date, we ended up going back to his apartment to watch together. And I jokingly said like, oh, like when are you going to ask me to accept your rose? And he was like, that's for later. And I thought he was joking. And later that night, he pulled out a single rose from his desk and asked me, will you accept this rose? And the rose is up there, dried out now. Are you kidding me? That See, I, I love that story. Yeah. Number one, the first part about if you're a fan of the show, Bachelor Mondays is very important. Sacred. Like, yeah, I'll only miss it for something important. So I so <laughs> the people who watch the show will understand the magnitude of what you said there. 
And then yep. the next thing that shows how thoughtful he was. Like, like it was like the smallest thing. It probably took him 10, 15 minutes to go to the store and pick that up. But like thought about you and wanted to make that evening special. And I'm so happy for you and him. And like, yeah, I love that. Like, my, my season was part of your love story. That's great. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah. I don't know why I didn't even think of that, like going into this conversation as you were talking about, it, I was like, wait a second. Like that was the season and we, we've watched yeah. every season since. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm, I'm super happy for you. Seriously. No, no, thank you. Absolutely. Did, what did you learn from the experience of being around so many other men trying to date the same woman did it feel competitive did it make dating feel less terrifying because you went through this crazy experience what type of effect did that have on you yeah that's that's a really good one so at first i was super intimidated because i had built up all of this confidence like oh i'm gonna go in there and i'm gonna kick butt and these dudes aren't gonna have anything on me and i'm I'm like 5'11 and a half. So I'm, you know, on the taller end of guys. Like when I'm in like a grocery store in a room, I'm typically on the taller end. I was like this, like the, not the shortest, but like the second to shortest guy there out of 30 something guys. So where'd they find them all? <laughs> right. Like who are these dudes? I'm thinking it's going to be the most regular guys. These dudes were all taller than me. They were more fit than me. They had crazy careers, lawyers, doctors, uh, uh, business owners. I mean, the, the creme de la creme. And so I walked in and I was like, oh, man, like I was super intimidated. And oh, my God. <laughs> there, was a, there was a producer in the bathroom that was like, Garen, he was like, stop that right now. He was like, think about it. You're in the room. You're in the room with these guys. And I was like, huh. It's like, that's a good point. I was like, you know, production or, or casting, the, the casting department thought I was a quality enough guy to be in the same room as these other guys that I'm literally and, and, and figuratively looking up to. And so it, that moment made me a lot more confident in the fact that you have to let someone choose what it is they want to do. There's nothing you can do to force someone to pick you. It's you against you be your best self, be your best version. You cannot convince a woman to be with you that does not that that wants to be with someone else and vice versa with with men as well you just have to show up in your best authentic way don't worry about who else they're going on dates with on dating apps and all that other stuff focus on being the best version of yourself and then once it gets to a point to where y'all have been dating for you know a month or however long is important for you to have that exclusivity conversation then you bring it up I'm just going to like cut that exact sound bite. Like that's the episode right there. That's, that's what everybody needs to hear. I want every single person listening to like play that on repeat a hundred times before going into a date, because that's, it, it takes the pressure off so much because someone else choosing you is not in your control. What's in your control is figuring out who you are and being that person and going after the things that light you up and the things that make you who you are. And that's, that's all you can do. And doing that to the best of your ability is how you'll end up finding the right person. Exactly. Exactly. You, you put it perfectly. And like, there were guys that ended up giving me advice on how to get along with Claire Crawley, the bachelorette. And that just showed like, we all kind of went in night one, sort of having this sort of competitive spirit. And then we let that go because we realized she's going to like who she's going to like. 
So yeah. trying to cut the next man down is only going to hurt you. So, yeah. And yeah. we see that season after season. <laughs> we see it. We see it. Yeah. Okay. So you went on The Bachelorette. You've done intimidating things like go on stage to do a comedy set. You've yeah. interviewed like incredible celebrities. These are all really intense, high pressure things that you've done in your career. What have you been able to take away from those experiences to apply to how you navigate dating or relationships? So, you know, I, I recently conquered my greatest fear, uh, which was stand up comedy. And you could put me, uh, you know, on top of a building, uh, you know, with the whole fear of heights, you could put me in a room full of spiders, like stand up comedy. Was like the, the, I know that it's so weird uh, thinking about that. But stand up comedy was just my biggest fear, which was a surprise because I had spoken in front of crowds of people before. But telling me to make them laugh is just a whole nother beast. So I took a class. It really taught me that you can you can face your fear. You can you, you can do it, you know. And so you, you hear so much nowadays about men being reluctant or afraid to walk up to women and approach women and things like that. And that's not something that I'm really afraid of, you know, and I always tell myself it's it's worse to have wondered what would have happened had I walked up to this woman as opposed to, you know, I walk up to her and I'm embarrassed somehow or fall flat on my face or it doesn't go well. You know, I'd rather know that the interaction didn't go well. She you know, said she had a boyfriend or just looked at me like I was crazy as opposed to um, not saying anything. And the craziest thing can happen when you approach a woman is it might work and, and it has before. So, you know, I, I would say stand-up comedy has been good in that and helping me, you know, get over those nerves of approaching a woman or talking to a woman. And, and I think being a, a reporter and a journalist has really helped me with interviewing skills and just like, knowing how to be more empathetic and knowing how to be a better conversationalist. So, yeah. No, I think that's so great. And, and kudos to you for facing that fear. Like nobody forced you to do it. No one said like, this is an assignment you have to do or you'll fail this class. Like you were just like, this is really scary to me. I'm going to do this. And I think that's really cool. And I think, you know, I hear from a lot of people and actually I hear this more from my male listeners that they're so nervous about, like you said, like approaching somebody at a bar or even just going on dates that their nerves and their fear just hold them back from doing it. And so I do think there are so many ways to, you know, dip your toes, like maybe instead of just going on a date or, you know, approaching someone at the bar, like try first, maybe taking a class that could put you out of your comfort zone and practice those interpersonal skills. And maybe, if there's somebody that you think is cute in that class, like practice just going up to them and starting a conversation with them and learning one baby step at a time rather than throwing yourself into it. And I think you, you, there's so much to gain from putting yourself in an uncomfortable position like that. Absolutely. Absolutely. It, guys, I know it's tough. I know it's tough to approach a woman, but you just, you know, you, what's worse, <laughs> you know, what's worse, not knowing or, or, feel, or it not going well, you know? And I, yeah, I always say, I think in, in every single situation, there's nothing worse than not knowing. Every time. It's the worst every, feeling. Yeah. Every time. It, it, is, it is the worst feeling. I have been haunted by it for a week before. Like, dang, like, why did I not talk to that woman? You know? Yeah, exactly. Okay. I have a bunch of great listener questions that I would love your help with. The yes. first one says, 
My boyfriend, 27-year-old guy, and I, a 24-year-old girl, have been dating for a little over a year and are moving in together. When I first told my parents about it, they were not thrilled, but after many conversations, it seemed they had come to terms with it. Well, we signed a lease and my parents are clearly unhappy. My dad (laughs) has sent me links of podcasts about shacking up and does not think it's right. I know I'm making the right decision, but I'm struggling how to deal with it. Any advice? Ooh, I'm I'm so glad that she um, reached out and, and sent this question in. So we can't live for our parents. That's the first thing we have to live for ourselves. It's it's hard. Like I, both my parents are thankfully still alive, and I want to make them proud, and I don't want to disappoint them in any way. But I also recognize that I have to live my own life, and I make my own money. I have my own career, so I can make those decisions. If they were still caring for me, then it might be a different story, you know. But if you're your own person, making your own money, you can make whatever decision you want. With that being said. I love when I see young people make decisions like that, because you think back in the day, people were getting married at 18, 19 years old, you know, like a a lot of our parents are sort of hypocritical to us because things were way different back in their day. People were getting way younger and getting married way younger back in their day versus, versus ours. So I would say just, you know, you have to be strong in the fact that you, you have to live your life and not your parents' life and continue to prove your parents wrong. That's all you can do is prove them wrong and say, hey, it's working out. You know, like me being in Hollywood, a lot of people move out here against their parents' wishes because their parents want the best for them, right? And so, but then they become a movie star or a famous singer and it's like, see, now I'm paying for your home. (laughs) You know what I mean? So (laughs) I, I would say just prove your parents wrong and you know, and, and just uh, continue to just live live your life and try and try to explain to them why, why you feel the way you do. Prove them wrong was exactly the words I had in my head. And yeah. it's funny because I try not to use those words. Like I, right. I think I've given a lot of examples on the show where I mentioned there were times where a guy didn't want to commit and I took it as like yeah. a challenge accepted. I'm going to prove you wrong that you are going to want to be with me. Like that is yeah. completely different. In this case, like you and your partner made this decision that you both thought about and thought was best for you. And you're now saying, you know, you're making the right decision. And Mm -hmm. that's what matters. Like you're making this decision for you. Your parents make decisions all the time and they don't consult you, you know? And so you have to do what you think is best in this. There are reasons that you moved in together and yeah, prove them wrong and, and show them that this was a great thing. And this is a great person and it's all going to work out. And if not, then you know what? your parents are allowed to let you learn from your own mistakes too. And right. I'm not here to say this is a mistake by any means. I think I'm I'm so glad you made this decision, but if it doesn't work out, then you'll learn from it. And you can tell your parents that too. Like, Hey, I love you. And I know you're looking out for me. I am proud of myself for making this decision. And I do think it's going to work out. And if it doesn't, then I'll learn from that and I'll own that. Yeah. I'm so glad you said that too. Even if it doesn't work out, like it's still a learning experience. It's, uh, it's not a loss per se. If it, if it were to happen, not to work out, it's a a lesson learned and you can find statistics on other side of, of a debate. You can find statistics that say, you know, moving in with someone before marriage or strong commitment is bad. And you can find stats that say it's what you're supposed to do before getting married because couples who move in tend to stay together more if they get married. So, um, don't, you know, don't be, uh, d- dismayed by any 
stats or facts or figures because you could go either way. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. This next question says, I keep being let down after two or three dates where it seems that there's a connection between me and the guy and they open up or steer the conversation to a deeper place, like talking about exes, love languages, their family history, thoughts on commitment, etc. I'm not the one leading it, but I'm there being kind and listening, but they keep ending it after these deep conversations. I'm confused that I'm not reading these dates and these guys right. They're opening up and then they're freaking out that it's too deep. I'm also questioning myself that maybe they get too comfortable around me too quickly. I'm not trying to bring the convo deeper or be overly engaging in what they're sharing. Is this common? It's been four guys in a row and I'm I'm feeling like dating is this washing machine of emotion. Mm. That's that's great. And I've been there. So to whomever you are, I have been there. Trust me. Um, in fact, to give you an example, the the girl I told you about who I did the cover letter for, we had a great connection. We had an amazing connection. And after like four dates or four times of hanging out, the last time was hanging out was at her place and all, you know, brought me into her space, like just completely ghosted me. Didn't even didn't even give me a reason why, you know, she didn't want to hang out again, uh, even though she said she had a great time the last time we hung out. So that was hurtful. You know what I mean? After spending that emotional um, energy on that person in that time. And it was just like, what, what happened? Like, you couldn't even give me a reason. So I'd have been there and I would say, I think two or three dates in is a good time to start opening up and getting deep. And it sounds like the guys are the ones that are sort of leading the conversation from what she said. So don't feel like you're the, you're the issue. If the guys are sort of leading the conversation, I would say, it's hard, it's hard because it's, you know, not knowing the dynamics of really what happened and, and, and why she feels that way. But I would just say keep, keep being the way you are. And if you want to experiment, try to go maybe four or five dates before you really go deep and, and open up. I'm, I'm really big on experimenting, right? If, if you're doing something and feeling like it's not working out, try something else. So if you feel like these guys are getting deep after two or three dates and they're leading the charge and then they're then they're disappearing okay maybe say let's do a fun date on the third date let's go to dave and busters let's uh let's let's do a water so you we can't even have a super deep conversation because we're actually being active and having fun you know so tr try something different i'm big on that and and also realizing that you're you shouldn't feel bad for going deep when you know, they're the ones who are open to having those conversations. Absolutely. I love the idea of suggesting a different type of date so that you can just have fun and focus on building that fun connection and, and spending time together. I think my biggest fear would be that this person becomes afraid of being vulnerable and opening up in a situation that she does want to. And so I would say, yeah, I mean, if you ever feel like, like if this, this continues to happen and you get to the next like second or third date and the guy does bring it up, maybe say like, I actually, I really do want to share this part of my life with you, but that's more of like a fourth or fifth date conversation for me. I need a little more time. And maybe that can, that first of all shows them boundaries and like strong communication skills and maturity. And maybe they'll, for some, like that will just, it'll be a different scenario. So maybe it would produce a different outcome. I love that. What you just said, communicating your boundary, you know, like 
you 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 want to have that conversation, but hey, you know, not not right now. And instead of kind of being weird and trying to avoid it, actually say, "This is how I this is how I feel about it. Let's talk about it." You know, after after we get to know each other a little bit more. I love that you brought that up. Definitely, thank you. Yeah, um, yeah thank you to whoever sent this in, and and don't don't stress too much. Like, keep being you, and you'll you'll end up right where you're supposed to be. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. This question came from a guy. And as a single man, I'm curious what your answer is. He said, how can I enjoy spending time with my friends when I'm always the fifth or seventh wheel? You see, oh, so like he he's having a hard time enjoying his friends because they're in relationships. Mm-hmm. I, I can relate to that one too, being that I have several friends that that are in relationships. You know, fi- fi- find people that are in your same um, state of life. So I have my guy friends that are in relationships, but I have my guy friends that are single. Like my one of my closest friends in LA literally lives next door to me and he's single as well. So the person literally closest to me, we're able to relate and have those conversations, what it's like to be a single guy in LA and to to try to date and all those different things and i love having that you know had you know if he had a relationship it'd be a completely different uh dynamic and so i would say try to find a balance try to reach out to guys you may not have hung out before or girls it doesn't matter that you've made be friends with but not as close see if you can go out with them sometimes because I do think it's important to have people in the same state of life as you. You know, if you're someone who's not dating right now and just focusing on business, you know, put more energy into people who are doing the same, who are focusing on their business and not dating right now. So you can be around that same energy. And so I love hanging out with my friends that are in relationships, but I equally know how important it is to have my friends that can relate to me because they can uh, bounce some conversations off of me maybe better than someone who's been in a relationship for a year or two. Absolutely. I also think it becomes almost like an echo chamber of when you spend time with just your friends and relationships, you start to think, well, everyone's in a relationship. And that's not true. It's just these like few friends. But it is so important to remind yourself like, oh, no, there are so many other people. And let's say you don't have single guy friends on speed dial that you can just hang out with. You know, maybe mention to your friends, like if you know that they have other friends or coworkers that are single guys, like I know it sounds weird, but it's really not like I've been connecting some of my friends who are single and they're the only single ones in their friend groups. And I'm just like forcing us all to hang out together so that they can then be friends and go out together. And so far it's worked out great. And your friends want you to be happy and they'll understand. And I'm sure they'd be really excited to introduce a friend from one walk of life to a friend from another walk of life. That, yeah, that's a great point. Exactly, exactly. And, and when I'm out with my friends who are in relationships, like if I see a single woman, I'll go approach them because now I'm in the in the spirit as well. Like I'm trying to get like them, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and for the time that you do spend with your friends when you are a fifth or seventh wheel, I'd say just, uh, it is tough. It is tough. Um, I think appreciate the fact that they want you there too. Like they're not leaving you behind. That's something that a lot of people struggle with where they do get left behind because they don't have a partner. And don't be afraid to say to your friends, like, Hey, can we do a boys night? Or like, I love hanging out with the two of you, but I miss the nights we used to have. Like, are you down to just chill? Just us. Don't be afraid to say that. They might not realize that it's been a minute. 
that's a great example. Yeah, I think people in relationships can sometimes get caught up in doing everything together or or not going out at all because they have each other to 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 be, you know be with. And you're right, like say, yeah, let's have a guys night. You know, let's let's us hang out. You know, that's that's a great point. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I don't want this to end, but eventually it has to. <laughs> um, <laughs> this has been incredible. I have one final question for you. What is the best piece of dating or relationship advice that you've ever received? You know, my, my aunt, Michelle, my dad's sister, I'll never forget when, when I was still new to LA, I had given up my career in Florida, moved here without a car. So I was just feeling like, the biggest bum, you know, to go from being a TV reporter, making good money to no job, no car, you know, living with a roommate. And I, she called me one day and she loves having those dating conversations. And I was like, Aunt Michelle, I'm not dating right now. I'm just taking some time to myself. And she was like, sweetie, she was like, this is the perfect time to date. She was like, you know, someone who wants to be with you for you is how you know that's a good person. You don't need to have a nice car or a car at all and a a big job and all those things. Someone who sees your heart and sees your spirit and who you are as a person and just wants to be with you, that's what matters most. And so even though now I have a nice car again and live by myself and multiple jobs, I remember that so I don't try to do fancy things to get a woman to like me or try to go above and beyond to get a woman like me. The right one will care about me for who I am and not for what I can do. So that I think that was the best dating advice I've ever gotten. Oh, thank you, Aunt Michelle. That is profound. And I love that so much because we we all have been in that situation where like, oh, well, no one's, I'm, I'm undateable because I don't have a job or I'm undateable because, you know, I might be moving to X place or I just moved here and I don't know what I'm doing or because of the apartment situation I'm in. Like, you're never undateable. The only thing that makes you undateable is you closing yourself off to dating. Exactly. Exactly. Which I think you only need to do when you're healing from a previous relationship or situation. That I think is when you should take some time out. But other than that, you shouldn't feel like you need to take time out because you have a lot going on in your life or you're not where exactly you want to be. Because a lot of us aren't. And that doesn't mean you don't deserve love. Most of us aren't. Right. Absolutely. Garen, this has been so amazing. I knew this would be amazing, but this has been amazing. Thank you so much. Where can everybody find you? Yes. On Instagram and TikTok at Garen Flowers, G-A-R-I-N Flowers. Uh, Working on my YouTube channel now. So G Flowers on YouTube. Yes. Yes. Working on some content there. And yeah, those three channels are perfect and you can find everything else from there. Amazing. Thank you. Thanks for listening, daters. I hope today's episode made you feel just a little bit less alone out there, no matter what your status might be. Give your finger a break from swiping and hit that follow and review button instead. And if you have any burning questions or want to share your own dating horror stories, reach out to seeingotherpeoplepodcast at gmail.com. And in the meantime, keep on seeing other people.